Welcome to Centerpoint Church, where we are all about loving and leading people to a life-changing connection with Christ. We're so excited that you decided to join us today, and we believe that no matter where you're listening from, this message will enhance your connection with Christ. We hope you enjoy this message. I'm so glad you came today. I'm glad that you're here, and I want to just welcome you. If you're here for the first time, I'm John. I'm lead pastor. I'm glad you're our guest today. And uh, today is the first week of this message series called BAM. So here's my challenge for you. If you're new here, if this is your first time, stick with me for seven weeks because it's going to be something that God's going to work through to change your life. And you can do anything for eight weeks, seven, eight weeks. So make this a commitment to say, I'm sticking with this for seven, eight weeks of a, a message series called BAM and uh, see what God does. Okay. Other thing is Thursday night. I'm hosting something, I'm calling it the CP So Dream Huddle. So out of our Grow, Flow, So vision, we want to we follow the biblical model, planting other churches. And so Thursday night is where it's going to begin. We are going to have a, a little mini conference together just on what is it going to look like for Centerpoint Church to start some new churches in our valley, in our region and beyond. And I want you to be there if you can. Thursday night, 6.30 to 8.30. We're meeting in venue two across the way. And, and here's who this is for. This is for anybody who's been thinking, you know, I'm really curious what it would be like to start new churches. And I think I want to be a part of it somehow. Maybe even something stirs inside of you where you think, man, I would love to be uh, p- part of leading the charge for that. And, and you want to discover what is it like Come Thursday night, we're going to unpack that together. I've got a friend and mentor coming, Mike Perkinson, who's uh, kind of a, a guru in planting churches, and, and he's going to help uh, tag team teach that time. And so come Thursday night at 6.30, we'll have some light refreshments over in venue two. So everybody say so. 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 All right. Uh, back, uh, back to the message. So uh, I, was, uh, I was reading a blog a while ago about uh, life hacks. It was talking about, you know, different life hacks for personal health. And one of the, one of the things this blog was talking about was that you could really uh, increase your health by walking backwards. It said if you walk backwards, like for an extended period of time, it increases your core strength, it increases your stability, it helps you with your balance, and it even increases your cognitive function. And so who doesn't want all of that, right? So I decided, okay, I'm going to go do it. So I walked out and I started doing, you know, walking backwards around my block. And it's actually harder than it looks once you actually start going and try to actually keep a pace. And I'm walking backwards and tripping over things, bumping into things. And and I get about halfway around my block where I'm about ready to give up on this. This is like madness. What am I doing? It looks so foolish. It looks so stupid. It looks crazy. And I get to the other street where there's a school, there's a lot more traffic. And then I start thinking, man, I really really hope nobody sees me, like, because I look really dumb doing this. I especially hope nobody from Centerpoint Church comes swing, swinging by right about now, because this is dumb. Well, wouldn't you know it, right at that very moment, this guy Tim comes, like, whizzing along on his e-bike, and he could have done me a solid and just been like, what's up, man? He could have, but instead, he busted out this huge grin. He was holding back on full-on laughing at me, and he's like, oh, he just went, oh, you're really walking now. It was like one of these things, and, and all I could say was like, yeah. Like, I couldn't think of any comeback, right? I couldn't, until after he was out of sight. And then after he was out of sight, I was like, you think I look dumb walking backwards? Dude, you're on an e-bike. You said I'm going to get some exercise, and you're on an e-bike. Come on. I mean, you know I'm not the only one that's been thinking that, watching everybody around on e-bikes. 
Anyway, uh, you know, I, I'm glad I didn't give my, my buddy Tim this uh, obnoxious response that was down inside of me because this is somebody who I see him from time to time. It's not like we're, you know, best friends hanging out all the time, but we, you know, we'll see each other at, at, at a thing and we'll have a good conversation for 30, 40 minutes. And I would think of him as, even though not like one of my close friends, he's part of my fam. He's fam in this community. You know what I mean? And so I want us to start there by recognizing that that this idea of relationships and, and what fam is, it goes beyond just the people that, uh, that you're already really close with and that you know they love you and you love them so much. And I want you to allow yourself to be challenged to think about a broader view of who fam might be and to decide to be somebody who's going to enter into uh, the equation of looking at people differently, looking at people as more of a fam, and to take responsibility for that relationship. When I think about uh, a, a guy like Tim, right, that I just connect with once in a while, I am grateful that the connection is positive, but I don't want to take it for granted that the connection is positive. I want to recognize that that positive connection is the result of actually being, uh, being there for each other in different kinds of ways, of actually opening our heart to one another with something positive and approaching one another that way. That's something that needs to be actually cultivated. I would suggest that probably a lot of us need to dial up our willingness to cultivate more of a sense of Fam with people at large. Because here's what I recognize, and you probably see it too. Things are getting a little bit dicey out there in our nice little world, right? I mean, people are getting a little bit more isolated, a little bit more pushed uh, into their corners by uh, spending all this time on anti-social media, and you start scrolling on anti-social media, and it makes you anti-social. It pushes you. The almighty algorithm says, no, 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 you go over in that corner. Only listen to the people that say everything just like you. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's right. Only here, only here. These are the only people I listen to. And everybody else is the enemy, right? Like that kind of happens. And here we are at the beginning of 2024, and, and there's primary elections about taking place, and, and pretty soon around the corner, there's going to be a big old general election, and, and it's on. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like out there, it's on. People are about ready, about ready to burst with, with, with outrage and anger and everybody else is the enemy. And I'm standing here today as your pastor saying, I want you to enter into this year with a different mindset. Don't get played by the devil. Don't get played by the devil to turn into words that I won't say on a Sunday morning. Don't get played by the devil to start, to start uh, turning up your own rage against people who God may be calling you to look at as fam, not foe. So I want you to just begin this year with that in mind, that, that God is actually wanting for you and me as his people to look at people with different kinds of lenses, with lenses that are heavenly, lenses that look like Jesus kinds of lenses. And in order to do that, you got to start with what your lenses are on you. Like, what are you thinking about yourself? And here's where I want to begin. I want to begin by just acknowledging personally, my God has been so gracious to me. He's covered my life with grace. He has forgiven me and clothed me with robes of righteousness that I could never have made by myself. He has given me the hope of heaven. He has saved me and called me by a new name, and he's done it for you too. You, and as much as you have you put your trust in Jesus, you've received grace, man, a lot of grace from God. 
This is what the Bible says in John 1.16 about Jesus and, and what happens because of Jesus. It says that out of his fullness, from his fullness, all of us have received grace upon grace. Why don't you just read this verse of scripture off the screen with me right now. Ready? Go. For from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Just put your hand on your heart and just say grace upon grace. One more time. Just say it. Grace upon grace. Like not just a tiny little bit of grace, just enough for you to get by, but grace upon grace. Grace that's the grace that God is giving you every single moment of every single day, that grace is changing you from the inside. You're not who you were 10 years ago. You're not who you were 10 months ago. That grace from God is doing a work inside of you that is teaching you to live differently. That grace from God is teaching you how to say no to the garbage and yes to the godliness. That grace is inside of you giving you a foundation to build your life on where God is moving and flowing in and through you. That grace is covering you, reminding you of how forgiven you are and how much of mercy you have received from God. That grace is drawing you forward from glory to glory. Somebody say amen. God's grace is being poured out on you and it's grace upon grace. Say it again, grace upon grace. You've been given so much. And so I just want to begin today by, by reminding you of that, that, that you live in the grace of God personally. But what you've been given, you're called to give away. Amen. And so this is the resolve, and this is the main line of the message today. It's just simply this. I give away the grace I've been given. I give away the grace I've been given. Would you say it to me? Say it with me like this. I give away the grace that's been given to me. Say it. I give away the grace that's been given to me. That's what I hope that we'll do in this message, is come to an understanding of, of why it, it matters to give away the grace. So, so let, me, let me drill in a little deeper on this idea of the grace of God, just because that's where we got to begin. You, you need to understand that Ephesians 1.17 says you have redemption Amen. through his blood because of the riches of God's grace. Yeah. Say, I have redemption. Like you've been redeemed and you have redemption. You don't have to try to get it. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to prove that you deserve it. Through your turning to Jesus in faith, you have redemption. And it comes through the blood of Christ, which is a reflection of the riches of God's grace. That's what Ephesians 1.7 says. And you need to take a minute to soak it in and say, thank you, God, for your grace. Ephesians Sorry, Hebrews 4.16 says this. It says, come boldly before the throne of God's grace so that you can find grace to help you in your time of need. It's like God is looking at your life and saying, you know what? You're going to need some more. You're, you're going to face some stuff that's going it's gonna, it's gonna to push you. You're going to need some more. So come on in. And you're thinking, well, I don't know. I don't know if I, I probably shouldn't enter the throne room of God. No, I probably can't go there because look, you don't know what I did. God's looking good going, are you kidding me? I know everything, the end from the beginning. I already accounted for all of it. And the door is wide open. Come boldly before my throne of grace so you can find more grace to help you. Does anybody need any help from God? And he has said, you get it through my grace. Come into my throne room. Why do we do what we do here? It's to create an opportunity for more of us to maybe come into his throne room and get the grace that we need for the help that we need. And that grace comes to you freely as a gift. 
Let me just remind you of this. Ephesians 2.8, it says it like this. It says that, that you, are, you are saved by grace through faith. It is a gift of God. That is something that you and me need to carry in our minds. Like, I've received the gift of God, his grace. I live in his grace. Just say it out loud. I live in God's grace. <laughs> and my commission to you is to give it away. Give it away. Think about fam and how you're going to give it away. So we're starting today at the 30,000 foot level, right? So we're talking about fam and recognizing it's not just about the, the, the eight people in your small group that you like and also the four that you don't like as much. It's like it's broader than that. It's bigger than that. Fam is bigger than that. And I want us to decide to be people who would live with that in our minds. Like we're thinking about the people in our community as fam, not foe. And so we're going to shift our lenses for how we're looking at people. And we're going to look at people with eyes of love because Jesus told us to. So John 13, 34, let me just take you to, I'm going to take you to five main scriptures today. Uh, instead of one passage, I want to take you to five. But Jesus said this in John 13, 34. He said, now I'm giving you a new command. Say it, a new? Amen. It's not a suggestion. It's not an idea for once in a while. He says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I've loved you, you should love each other. And your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. So he said, I'm giving you a new command. Okay, so back it up a little bit. Our starting point is what? Did anybody hear the first eight minutes of this message? <laughs> Our starting point is what? Grace. That's it, grace. It's, it, it's grace. And you've got to begin there. You've got to remind yourself, I live in God's grace. I'm not trying to prove something to him. I don't have to earn something for him. He's already paid the price for me. I live in God's grace. Come on, say it. I live in God's grace. Okay, but now, now that I'm secure in the grace of God that's secured for me by Jesus, then I can move into, and now I'm going to learn to do what you're calling me to do, God. And what he says here is, yeah, love each other. How about let's start right there. Love each other. Come on, say it. Love each other. So here's what I want to do in the message today. I want to make sure that we stay for a minute at the 30,000 foot level. In this message series, yeah, we're going to get into marriage, we're going to get into parenting, we're going to get into all that kind of stuff. But first, just fam, right? And learning to look at, at other human beings as fam, not foe. Trying at least. Why? Because you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You have the audacity to say something like, Jesus Christ lives in me. And if Jesus Christ lives in you, then guess what? I think he wants to look through your eyeballs at people. And his way of looking at people is different. And so I'm asking you to join him. Join, let Jesus change the way you're looking at people and to look at people with eyes of love. So in the scriptures, you find, uh, you find at this 30,000 foot level of how to deal with fam, you find these, these verses that we call the one another's. And there's actually 59 of them, or 58, depending which translation. But you got 59 different verses that talk about, about God's heart for how we would interact with other human beings. And I want you to just go ahead and take a deep breath, because there's 59 of them. That means we're going to be here till 3.30, and you know, you'll have missed lunch. It's okay. Fasting is a good thing. Anyway, what I'm going to do is I'm picking five. And, and I want to elevate these five on purpose because I think that, that we need to get ready to shift how we're dealing with people. I feel this pull. You probably feel it too, right? This pull towards the polarization and the rage and the anger we're heading, like I said, into this election season and it triggers a lot of us, gets our blood boiling. 
And here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to remember who you are. A follower of Jesus, grounded in the grace of God, personally having received the grace of God. And then you hold your convictions strongly, and at the same time, you put love out front first. You find the way to do that, because who you are is a follower of Jesus. That, that has to come first. I want to just put that out there to somebody today, that as we head into this rocky road of a year, that you decide, who I am as a follower of Jesus comes first. And then what I'm going to do in terms of my civic engagement, that's going to follow up on that. But I'm going to look at people as fam, not foe. Would you just say that? Fam, not foe. Just, just get that in your spirit. Fam, not foe. Yeah, people at large, anybody, anywhere. Fam, not foe. To whatever degree you can possibly begin to see that way. And you know who I'm thinking about when I say they're fam, not foe? I'm thinking about that one person at work. You know, that one person that, that you deal with uh, on your kid's uh, uh, sports sideline. You know, that one, that one person. They're fam, not but you just keep it in mind, just like that. It's going to be helpful. It's going to work. So I want to, I want to take you through five of these one another's. And here's what I want to ask you to do. I want to ask you to think specifically. Like while you're hearing these, Holy Spirit, is there a particular situation or person or relationship where I need a little bit more of that one? Okay, you ready to dive in? Okay, so just... Just, we're going to jet tour through these things. But the, the, the first one is easy, easy to say anyway, but it's just this, love and honor people. Love and honor people. Would you just say it with me? Love and honor people. If you're going to live with a fam, not foe kind of a mentality, you're going to need to start here with the determination that I'm going to love and honor people. I'm going to find the way to love and honor people. I want to blast them. I want to come down hard against them. I want to give them a piece of my mind. But hold on. What I'm going to do is I'm going to love and honor people. And I'm going to do that because of who God has called me to be. Every single one of us have been hardwired from the time we were knit together in our mother's womb. To, we're hardwired with a need for love and appreciation. Every single person that you meet, you're never going to meet an, another human being that isn't created in the image of God and worthy of being loved and appreciated. And, and so I'm asking you to turn up the dial on actually doing it. And do it because of the scripture and what it says. Romans 12.10. Turn to Romans 12.10. This is what it says. It says, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. I want you to read that from the screen with me. Ready? Go. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. This is God's call for you and me to elevate our value for other people, to learn to look at people with heavenly eyes, Jesus-like eyes. And if you know, if you could imagine Jesus walking around through, he wouldn't be walking around with eyes ready to, ready to I'm going to condemn you, and I'm going to condemn you, and I'm going to condemn you. Jesus would be walking around going, I see the goodness, I see the gold, I see the value, I see the worth, I see the, the, the real you, and he says so. This is what we're going to do, is learn how to see people and call out the best in them, to speak about what is appreciable about a person, love and honor people. Come on, somebody say, love and honor people. The second would be simply this, to be kind to people. Say it, be kind to people. So, so what we're doing right now is we're like, okay, this is going to be a dicey year out in the world of interactions with human beings. So this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to love and honor people, and I'm going to be kind to people. 
I know, we're, we're, we're doing that thing where it said, everything I needed to learn, I learned in kindergarten. And you're like, yeah, that's this sermon pretty much. I know, but I felt the stirring of the spirit that this is what we need today. Be kind to people. Yep, be kind to people. There's been enough meanness. Some of us, maybe if you're a parent, you can understand this. Like, as a parent, sometimes you'll see something happen where your, your, your child is in a friend group, but all of a sudden, a couple of the people in that friend group just turn on your kid, and they start slandering and gossiping and excluding your kid, and all of a sudden, your heart is breaking because of what's happening for your child. I think our Heavenly Father looks at all of his children and sees some of that and feels the same heartbreak. And I think he's looking at his people, the people that say, I'm a Christian, and saying, well, how about you live into this value of being kind to people? And it's not something that we're making up. It's something that's in God's word. I'll turn to Ephesians chapter 4, and this is what Ephesians chapter 4 says. I want you to put a thumb in Ephesians chapter 4, because you might need to be doing some rereading of this later this week. But Ephesians 4, verse 30, it said, do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. That's verse 30, sorry. Remember, he's identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Verse 31 said, get rid of all bitterness, rage, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, someone say instead. Yeah. Instead, be kind to each other. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So I, I see this calling to, to learn to live by turning up the dial on kindness because people need it. But here's the other thing I recognize. That beautiful statement in verse 32, this is be kind to each other. That's great. But verse 31 came before it. Did you catch what verse 31 said? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you back there because I want you to see it. Verse 31 said, get rid of the trash. You want the kindness to flow through you? You got to get rid of some toxic stuff. Let me just take you back there. I mean, it didn't say it quite like that, but pretty much it did. Uh, Romans, I'm sorry, Ephesians 4.31, one more time. It said, get, ri get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, harsh words, and slander, and all types of evil behavior. If you're going to move into the instead of the kindness, you might need to deal with some of the toxic stuff that's up in you first. It's really important. This is God's order. There's a, there's a reason why verse 31 is placed in sequence before verse 32, because there are times when we're going to need to get rid of some stuff in order for God's grace to flow more clearly through us. I'll give you an example. Okay, so uh, a couple weeks ago, I was in a, 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 a meeting with a, a group full of pastors. It was like a pastor's meeting, a bunch of us pastors, and, and I was sitting there listening to some talks that were being given by some of these guys, and, and as I was sitting there, I was listening, I was going, I don't agree with this at all. And I, and I was getting mad inside. Like, I did not like what I was hearing, and I was feeling my blood boiling inside. Like, I could feel it. And, and I knew what was about to come next was then we were going to have an opportunity to talk to each other about how we felt, about what we were hearing. And so I could feel what was happening inside of me. I mean, it, I was, the rage, anger, that stuff on that list, it was right there. I know, you're like, at a pastor's meeting? I thought it would be nothing but heavenly goodness. Yeah, you never been to one. <laughs> I, I, I could feel my blood boiling inside, I, and I knew. I'm like, I need to. And so what I did was I got a phone call all of a sudden. I got a phone call. 
It was a phone call that was going to happen in the future at some point, but I just decided to go ahead and get it right then and there. Do you know what I'm talking about? Like, oh yeah, I got to go. So I could walk out of the room. And, 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 I, and I went and I sat in my car and I could feel all of my, my blood was boiling. I was just so, I was in such disagreement with what I was listening to. And I wanted to explode on these dudes. I really did. And I knew better. I'm like, I know what God calls me to do. He calls me to that kindness. But for me to get there, I need to go out here and deal with this stuff. I sat there in my car and I went, yes, God, I'm feeling mad about this. I disagree with that. Um, I feel angry about what just God said in there, God, I'm giving all of this to you. I just sat there, deep breaths a few times. God, I'm giving this anger I feel to you. Finally, I simmered down. And I still felt like I, I can't go back in quite yet. And I didn't. And I'm still kind of working on simmering down a little bit. <laughs> but I'm getting there. And what's going to happen is I'm, going to, I'm getting myself to the point where I can. Because I do need to have some follow-up conversations. But I need to have them in a way that aren't going to be destructive. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving God the, the anger, the rage, all that stuff I'm feeling inside. So that I can then come in, in, in the right time and to come with kindness. And my kindness is going to look like something like, hey, so um, those things that you were saying. Uh, help me understand you know, how you got there. Or I'm really curious about what you meant by that. And uh, tell me more about what you've Do you see what I'm saying? Like, I can get there, but I needed first to deal with the anger I was feeling. And I needed to have that moment where I say, God, I'm giving this to you. Here's what I want to ask you to do is to do something like that too in, in your own situation. Don't let yourself just fly off the handle. You don't have to. You can do something like what I just described. Where you just say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to remove myself from the equation for just a moment. I'm going to deal with this in the presence of God and say, God, I'm giving you the offense, the bitterness, the anger, the rage, the upset, the whatever it is. Because this is what the scripture calls you to. Ephesians 4.31. Get Somebody say, get rid of it. Get rid I'm of telling you, 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 God wants you to get to the place where you're living into the kind, kindness, kindness. But you got to do some get ridden of some stuff first. And it will allow you to then be kind to people. Get rid of that toxic stuff. Number three, I just want to put this down fast. It's just simply this. Do good to people. Come on, say it. Good, do good to people. I know that all of us love it when somebody else does good to us. And I think it doesn't happen quite enough. And I'm saying, come on, Christian. Just decide, I'm going to be one of those people that just does good to people in one way or another, in a small way, in a big way. Let's get back to that, to that, that, that way of living where you're just on the lookout for where somebody's got a need that you could do something about, where some generosity that's just surprising can flow. You know what happens? There's this one brother in our church that has, he has a secret gift and it's called, uh, I don't, I'm not going to get the, I think he calls them scotchies. They're these cookies with scotch chips, those little like, what are they called? butterscotch chips in them and he makes these cookies and then he'll just drop a little paper bowl of them off at my front door every once in a while like he'll just he'll, probably after hearing about how mad I got at a thing the other week he's gonna make me some now and and uh and he just puts them on my door just leaves a little paper bowl of nine or ten little butterscotch cookies homemade with love and dude it's not a huge expensive thing but it carries some goodness 
And I know that's a silly example, but that's the kind of thing that actually changes people's days and even trajectories of their life sometimes. And so I'm just asking you to step up the doing good to people. You, you probably have heard this quote before. They attribute it to Robin Williams. I found out it's not really Robin Williams, and who knows who actually said it. But the quote is just simply this. Every single person you meet is fighting a battle you know nothing about. So be kind to them and do them good. Let me say it again. It's not the Bible, but it's a good, good quote. Every single person you meet is facing a battle you know nothing about. So do, kind, do, do good to them. And be kind to them and do good to them. I, I, I recall... A, a friend, this is a number of years ago. This guy, I mean, on, on the outside, you'd go, dude, this is the king of the hill right here. I mean, this dude owned hundreds of acres of land and millions of dollars and all the nice fancy cars and fancy toys and whatnot. And, and, and yet, privately, he and I would meet together, and this man, grown man, would sit with me and just weep and just cry out loud because of the struggles that he was dealing with personally that nobody knew anything about. And it just was, we went on and on, month after month. And yet anybody else would be looking at that dude and saying, oh, psh, must be nice to be you having all of that. And yet there was this struggle going on. And this man needed some kindness, someone to just do the good to him. In that case, the good was just, hey, you can talk to me. I'm listening. I'm here. And I'm not judging you. And I'm, I'm walking through this thing with you. And I'm, I'm available. And, and I'll show up early in the morning. And you can cry with me. You know? Like sometimes doing good looks like that. But I'm just saying, church, I commission you to be people who would look for how can you do good to somebody. Why? Because God calls you to. God calls you to. 1 Thessalonians 5 14. This is God's word to somebody. Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy, encourage those who are timid, and take tender care of those who are weak, and be patient with... Ah, you mean even them? Yeah. And, verse 15, see to it that no one pays back evil for evil. Say this next part out loud with me. Ready, go. But always try to do good to each other Someone say all people. Yeah, even the ones that, 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 that lean left or that are, are revolutionary right. Like even the ones that love their blue and the ones that love their red. All of them. How many of the people? All the people. This is the heart of God. To look at people as fam, not foe. Could you just say it again? Fam, not foe. I'm telling you, I feel a stirring of the Holy Spirit about this. I know what's about to happen. It's about to pop off in the world around us. And I think God's looking for some of his people to keep a, a, a grace base, to keep a, a cool head, cool in the grace of God, not just letting ourselves fly off the handle, but bringing grace to the equation. Would anyone here be willing to be a grace bringer into a time that's going to get pretty dicey? Because I commission you to... To decide in advance, I will hold my convictions. I mean, me personally, I, I, I'm a, a staunch conservative, in socially and fiscally, and I could argue it all day long if I, if I wanted to. But what I actually want to do is I want to live my Jesus life first and foremost. And I want to bring grace to how many of the people? All the people. Not only the ones that see things like I do. That's hard. I know it's easy to say it. Be kind to people. Kindergarten. But it's just what is God stirring this up. 
You all, we can feel it. And I'm just saying, right now is the time to decide in advance what kind of man you're going to be, what kind of woman you're going to be, the kind that brings more grace, because it's going to be, it's going to be needed. Number four of the one another's out of the five I'm bringing to you, make allowance for faults and forgive people. Come on, say this one. I make allowance for faults and I forgive people. Here's the thing about them. They all got flaws. All the fam's got flaws, including you. All the fam's got, all the fam's got faults and foibles and flaws and other things that start with F. They, 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 they got their, their things, right? And, and they got idiosyncrasies. Every single fam that we know, they've got those weird things about them that you just kind of gets under your skin a little bit, bothers you a little bit. And so do you. Like all of us, fam, we come with, with faults and flaws and idiosyncrasies. And here's what I know. I know that I expect other people to kind of put up with my idiosyncrasies. I do. I expect other people to put up with my little irritating things. I do. I expect people to just kind of, you know, give me the benefit of the doubt and let me roll with it. And I just kind of, I'm, yes, I'm working on it. I'm trying to not be that way as much anymore. But, but I just do. I expect somebody to put up. And you know what? You got to do that for somebody else too. Here, here's the thing. Our God from all eternity has already anticipated the reality that fam's got flaws. And what God didn't say is, all those fam that got flaws, just ditch them. That's just not the heart of Jesus. His starting point was to love each other. And then to just get even more granular, you turn to Colossians 3.12. And in Colossians 3.12, this is God's heart for you and me. If we're going to look at people as fam, not foe. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, and make allowance for each other's faults. Oh, pause there. Keep it on the screen. This is God just kind of going, you've got them, and they've got them, and you can't always be operating out of criticism and condemnation towards people. You just can't. You need to sometimes do this, make allowance for others' faults, and then forgive anyone who, whoosh, what? What? Did I just read what I think I just read? Forgive anyone who offends. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. I'm talking again about the grace. You've got to start and remind yourself every day, I live in God's grace. And I give away the grace that's been given to me. I give away the grace that's been given to me. Once you say that one more time, the main idea of this message, would you just say it? I give away the grace that's been given to me. Just say it one more time. I give away the grace that's been given to me. This is what God's calling you and me to. And number five, I motivate and encourage people. That's the last one. I motivate and encourage people. Say it. I motivate and encourage people. That's kind of who I want to be. That's who God's put you there to be, to be somebody who motivates and encourages people. Because there's people in your circle that don't need another, let me just tell you some juicy piece of gossip, get you all blood boiling too. No, 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 they don't need that. They need you to show up and say, 
well, let me tell you about some good things that are going on and how, you, you, how you're doing something good and how, how I appreciate who you are and, and what you bring to the equation and, and, and how awesome I see you in this situation and the strengths that you bring that make us all better. I mean, that's the kind of thing that I think if more of us would turn the dial up on that, we would be better. Fam would be better across the board and you can do it. You're called to. Hebrews 10, Hebrews 10, 24, it said, let us think, let us daydream, let us imagine, let, let us ruminate, let us meditate about, let us think about ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but say it, encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Oh, and I'm not citing that particular verse by accident. Here's what I mean. You look around you in our world right now, a lot of us are feeling a sense of concern. We look at what's going on in different parts of the world, and it seems like every place in the world is a powder keg about ready to explode. And we see it on the news, and we see it on our social feed, and we hear it from each other. And, and what's happening is inside of a lot of us, is there's this, there's this consistent, continual sense of worry, concern, anxiety, fear. It's like slurrying around inside of a lot of us. And in this situation, do you know what's needed? Courage. Because it displaces that fear, that concern, that anxiety that so many people are feeling. Guess who's there to bring the courage? Every one of us. And when the scripture says encourage each other daily as the day of his return is drawing near encouragement, it, you know this, you've heard this, but let me remind you, it literally means to pour courage into. And when you pour courage into, fear loses its power, worry loses its power, anxiety loses its power. So somebody here, I'm commissioning you to be a courage pourer, to be one who encourages, who just decides in advance, I'm going to tell somebody why they're going to make it. I'm going to tell somebody why there's hope for them. I'm going to tell somebody why things are possible with God. I'm going to tell somebody where their faith can take them further than their fear ever could. I'm going to tell somebody how their, their, their God is faithful and answers prayer. I'm going to tell somebody that there's a way for victory for you through Jesus. I'm going to be an encourager because I think that's what we need. We need. We need. And so I, I motivate and encourage people. I, I heard this recently, that Abraham Lincoln, who was assassinated after leading the Emancipation and Civil War, all this amazing thing, uh, he, he, he was assassinated, and when they found his body, they saw what was in his pocket, and they took out of his pocket this newspaper clipping, this folded up, tattered newspaper clipping that he had been carrying around for, looked like months and months in his pocket. And it was a newspaper clipping that said, Abraham Lincoln a good man, and a great leader. You know, this dude, this dude, this president of ours, I mean, he was being, uh, you know, threatened daily, and they were burning images of Lincoln out in public, and he was hated by a lot of people because of what he fought for. But something about this newspaper article that just said, Abraham Lincoln was a good man and a great leader. And you can imagine this president, arguably one of the most influential people in the known world at the time, carrying around this tattered little newspaper article that said to him, you are a good man and a great leader. And even that guy, 
needed that encouragement, so much so that he would take it from a stranger author of a random newspaper article and carry it around. Every one of us needs that tank to get full. Be the one that fills it. I'm challenging you. This week, I'll identify three people that you don't even normally have this kind of conversation with and just decide now, all right, three people. I'm going to find them and I'm going to say something to them like this. You are an amazing person. And the way you do this job, it helps everything go so much better and it makes everything better around here. You find that person, you tell them, you know, I see the way you are with your kids. You're an amazing mother. I just want you to know, I think, you're, I think you're an amazing mother, and your kids are so blessed to have you. Find somebody, tell them, uh, you know what, I see the way that, that you coach these kids, and I'm so glad you're their coach. Man, they're getting better and better because of the great coaching you do. I mean, do you see what I'm saying? So this is my challenge to you, church. Find three people. Do what I just demonstrated. Something like that. Motivate and encourage. So we're starting with a 30,000-foot view. Fam, not foe. In that view, we're reminding ourselves, I live in the grace of God. Jesus, from his fullness, all of us have received grace upon grace. Come on, say it, grace upon grace. Grace And, And because of that, I want to give it away. I'm giving away the grace that's been given to me. That's the message today. I give away the grace that's been given to me. Would you just say that one more time? I give away the grace that's been given to me. Say it again. I give away the grace that's been given to me. Now, for somebody, I want you to, to receive that grace. So let me, let me wrap up with the scripture in Ephesians 2.8. And this is what it says in Ephesians 2.8. God saved you by his grace when you believed. You can't, can't take credit for this. It is a what? It is a gift from God. Let's read that together one last time. Verse 8 from the beginning. Say it out loud with me. Ready? Go. God saved you. Oh. I have a different translation. We'll go with that one. God saved you by his grace. It is a gift of God. It's a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. How many of you have received the gift of God's grace through Jesus Christ? Raise your hand if that's true. Keep it up for a moment. Keep it up. I mean boldly. Like you've received the gift of God's grace through Jesus Christ. And you know it. You've asked him to forgive your sins, and he's forgiven you, and he's given you the hope of heaven, and he's poured his Holy Spirit into you. Just just raise your hand boldly. Like I have been given the gift of God's grace. Just, Just shout out. Thank you, God, for your grace. Thank you, God, for the gift of your grace. Come on, just say it with me. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for the gift of your grace. Like, never be ashamed to to stand for this gift of grace that you've received. And I commission you to now give it away. Find ways to give it away. Make this world better. Look at people as fam, not foe. People that you can let that grace flow through to. You can put your hand down. Thank you, Jesus. Now, somebody else... We're talking about this gift, and there's a whole bunch of us that would boldly say, yes, I have been forgiven, and I needed to be, and Jesus forgave me, and I received the grace from his heart that makes me right. Now, for somebody else, you're here today, and you don't know where you stand with God, 
And this, you don't know if this applies to you or not. I want to tell you that you can put your trust in Jesus Christ right now and ask him to forgive your sins and save you. And he'll do it. And he will redeem you. He will cause you to be born again. And you will begin to live a new life. But you've got to turn to him today. Somebody, today's the day to turn to Jesus, to ask him to forgive you and save you. If you've never done it, do it today. Somebody else, truth is you have been backsliding. You've been so far from God. You've got yourself caught up in a mess of garbage. Today you're hearing his voice. He's saying, my daughter, my son, come back. Come back. His arms are open wide. So let's take a moment, let's just pray together. Father in heaven, thank you for your grace and that each one of us who have trusted in Jesus have received grace upon grace in our lives. So we reject every accusation from the devil that would say that we're not worthy or we haven't done enough because that was never the equation to begin with. Thank you for your grace. Everybody who's received God's grace, just say, God, thank you for your grace. Now, for somebody else, you're sitting here, and the truth is you just don't know where you stand with God. I want you to hear this. You can be right with God through faith in Jesus. And if you've never asked Jesus to forgive your sins and save your life, do that. That's where it begins. It's a relationship, and that's the beginning point of this relationship. So maybe today, somebody, you need to, you need to raise your hand and give Jesus your life. If you're sitting here and you say, I want to do that. I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sins and save my life. Right now, I want you to raise your hand with me. If you would say, I want to do that. I want to ask Jesus to forgive my sin and save my life. I need you to raise your hand boldly. Raise it up high, right over here in the middle on my right. Thank you. Thank you. Excellent. Who else over in the front? And who else right here on my right in the middle? Thank you, man. Appreciate that. And keep your hand up for a moment, if you don't mind, because, yeah, I see you right here in the middle. Our team is going to try to make it to you to bring you a Bible. We'd like to help you to get started on this journey with Jesus. Keep your hand raised way over here in my left in the back. Take a moment where you're sitting. Those of you who've raised a hand, this is a moment for you to say, Jesus, I give you my life. No one else does that for you. You do it. And so those of you with your hand raised, I want to ask you right now to pray with me. And you say something like this. You say, Jesus Christ, I give you my life. You say it with me. Jesus Christ, I give you my life. Just say it right in the back. Just say it. Jesus Christ, I give you my life. I turn from sin and I turn to you. Save me, Jesus. Just say it. Save me, Jesus. Forgive me and save me, Jesus. I put my trust in you, Jesus. I believe that you died to pay the price for my sin, and it's been paid for. And so, Jesus, would you forgive me and save me? Just cry out to him, Jesus, would you save me? Just tell him, Jesus Christ, I give you my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Would you all stand up together? I'm just very grateful that God has been on the move, and, and there are five people right now in this gathering that said, Jesus, I give you my life. I think that's something to celebrate. Thank you, Lord. I, I sense in the, in the spirit right now that in this moment, that there's, uh, there's some of you who need to, when I, when I said get rid of earlier, there were very specific things that came into your mind that you know I got to get rid of. And it's not just the anger. There's some substances that you've been clinging to. It's like God is saying, put them on the altar today. 
Like today, get free. So I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come up to the front. Prayer team, come on up to the front. And if you are here today and you would say, I need to get free. I need to really get free. It's, a, it's an, a substance issue. It's a, it's a pornography addiction issue. It's a, an offense and bitterness issue. And you need to get rid of it. You're ready to get rid of it and get free. I want you to come up to the altar and just make your way up here. We're going to sing a loud song for a minute. And then the loud song's going to end. And they're going to stay here and pray with you. And God's going to do a freeing work. But we're going to trust him to bless us as we come to this altar. We praise him. Just say, God, I praise you. God, I praise you. Just shout it out. God, I praise you.